Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our Covent Garden service. To find out about upcoming talks at each of our services, or to listen to other talks, please visit ChristchurchLondon.org. Sorry, I was trying to locate some water, and Nate very, very kindly... Thank you. Perfect. I'll just... Oh, perfect. Yes. I'm an avid um, water drinker, even when I'm not speaking, so water must be there. Um, so, um, hi, everyone. As um, George, you mentioned, my name's Hannah. I don't, I don't know lots of you, which is really exciting. Um, I've been in Christchurch for a really long time. I was thinking that you could say my relationship with Christchurch is now a teenager almost, um, like past 10, you know, which is really old. I mean, I can't believe I can say that. Um, but I, I came as, um, to London as a student. I see another SOAS student here. Best university in London, definitely. Um, and yeah, and came to Christchurch, and I remember being probably 19 years old and coming to a service and um, hearing Dave speak about like the vision of the church and just being uh, feeling like, wow, I've, uh, it's so exciting to go to a church where there's a real sense of um, knowing where we're going and like really being on a journey to see something happen, um, which I hadn't really found in many churches before. And I went up to him at the end and I was like, David Stroud, I'm in your church and I'm still here <laughs> as a teenager in the church. Um, so... Thank you for having me. Um, I, it's really exciting. I've also not been to this service before. I've been in this church, which I love. So you guys did really well with maybe the best venue. But um, it's really exciting to be here for the first time. Um, so thank you so much for having me. I am continuing our series on Proverbs. Um, so if you haven't been here um, throughout the weeks that we've been covering this series, um, it's slightly off-putting seeing like policemen right outside the door and like a cordon right in front of me. I'll focus. Um, we are, we are um, looking today at the theme of, of words. So um, Proverbs has loads of different themes um, throughout it, and words just happens to be um, one of them. And very helpfully, when Liam sent around the outline of this preaching series, he um, very helpfully went through the whole book and drew out all the relevant, ver relevant verses on each theme. So I, hadn't, I didn't have to do that very hard work, but um, I opened my Bible and just went to each one that he listed. And as I did that, um, a theme emerged for me uh, really quickly. Um, just a lot of the verses um, on words in Proverbs seem to um, say a similar thing. And it's this strange analogy of basically our words being food. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before. I mean, I'd heard the individual verses before, um, but seeing them all together and how many there are that make this analogy um, really intrigued me. So um, I started to go on a little bit of a search through the Bible and whether this theme is anywhere else. And of course, actually, it's, it's really pervasive through the whole Bible. So um, there are verses um, in the Old Testament and the New Testament which also say that words are basically food. So in Colossians, for example, Paul tells us, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt as though it's food or something. Um, the prophets Jeremiah and Ezekiel and then um, John in Revelation, um, when they are getting words from God to tell people, um, they are instructed or just go ahead and literally eat scrolls, eat paper with words on them. So they literally eat words. Um, and of course, Jesus, in, um, when he's tempted in the desert to turn um, 
stones into bread when he's fasting. He, he quotes Deuteronomy and says that man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. So there we go again, another um, example of um, words being food in the Bible. So I thought it'd be interesting to look at um, what food does when it enters our bodies. If, the, if Proverbs, this book of uh, rich wisdom and deep wisdom is telling us that our words are food, then I thought it'd be interesting to learn a little bit more about what happens to food when it enters our bodies. Now, I looked at various very reputable sources, academic sources, all of which I did not understand because I do not have like a degree in biology. But I found a um, nutritionist called Cynthia Sass. It's just a bit random. But she on her website um, just explained it for the layman like me. Um, so we're going to look at what, how she explains how food affects our bodies. So she says this, nutrients from the food you eat provide the foundation of the structure, function, and integrity of every little cell in your body, from your skin to your hair to your muscles, bones, digestive, and immune systems. Every cell in your body has a shelf life, a stomach cell about a day or two, a skin cell about a month, and a red blood cell about four months. So each and every day, your body is busy making new cells to replace those that have expired. And how healthy those new cells are is directly determined by, by how well you've been eating. A diet filled with highly processed foods that's low on nutrients doesn't give your body much to work with. I always say it's like constructing a house with cardboard and tape instead of bricks and mortar. But a clean, nutrient-rich, whole foods eating plan, which Cynthia Sass can help you with, can help you build cells that work better and are less susceptible to premature aging and disease. Cynthia also, you can sign up to her eating plan through a little click on her website which says, Sass me up which I thought was very, very uh, humorous. Um, I also read in my research um, that uh, food also affects how well our brains function because our brains are made up um, of, of fat. Those of you who have, you know, biology, um, the myelin sheath, that does something. Um, that makes the brain work very well. Um, and basically, if you eat good fats, uh, the myelin sheath is better and stronger, and your brain just works better. You think more clearly, you feel more clear-headed, you feel, you just, um, you, your mind works better. And if you eat bad fats, of course, it's not as good for your brain, and you're a bit foggier, your, your mind doesn't work as well. So, wow, food affects everything about us, from the way we think, to how we feel, to our every single system within our bodies, every single cell in our bodies is affected by the food that we eat. And so the Bible is saying it is with words. They're not just information that we see and we process, but words, um, if, if food has nutritional value, words have emotional and spiritual value, which and when you hear them or when you see them, they go into your body, into your innermost part, and they affect your spiritual, your emotional, and it could even go to physical, but we won't get into that, it's a bit complicated, but they go into every part of who you are. Um, the other day, I'm going to share a bit of a, a bit of a gross story, but it really helps to um, illustrate this for me. Uh, so the other day, I was at Little. It's great, very cheap, very cool. My husband loves cheap shops, so I shop there for him. And um, but it is good um, because I love these uh, naked bars. Does anyone eat them? Raw fruit and nut. Yep, they're good for the myelin sheath, I'm sure. And um, I was buying a um, the their knockoff naked bar. 
which I highly recommend, it's only 40p. Um, anyway, I had a handful of these and I was um, pushing my daughter Maddie, who's three, we were walking home, I was really hungry, so I was eating one of these bars and um, something I bit into something really hard. Now to my absolute horror, I spat out something that to me looked like a tooth. <laughs> And yes, I was absolutely disgusted and horrified. And Johnny then later, I showed him and he said, it's definitely like a little piece of stone. But still, the whole way home, I felt physically sick at the thought of potentially something so um, gross being in my mouth. And, and it made me think about this talk because I thought, wow, isn't it interesting that um, actually putting food in your mouth is actually kind of an intimate thing, isn't it? Like you're letting it into your very being and it goes in and it gets absorbed by your body. I mean, that's crazy. And it's, I'd never thought of food as like an intimate thing, but actually um, food is, and that's how Proverbs therefore is telling us how we should view words. Like you're letting them into your innermost part into a place that should be guarded and protected. But similarly with eating, um, with Maddie, who in my humble opinion is the cutest kid on the planet, um, sometimes you know I'm looking at her and I say to her, oh Maddie, I love you so much, I just wanna eat you up. And it's like the only way I can describe how I feel about her. Um, don't worry, I have no intention of actually eating her, but it's just usually tickles and kisses. But um, it's like an expression of, um, Maddie, there is just no part of you that repulses me. Like, Nothing about you is gross to me. Everything about you is just lovable, even what other people would think is gross or um, terrible behavior or whatever. I just, I love all of you and I want you all to myself. Um, and that is what it is to put things into us. It's like the things we embrace, we want. Um, the things that we love, we want, and we almost want to like ingest them. And the things that are horrible and bad for us and ugly, we do not want to ingest them. So that is how um, Proverbs is telling us that we're to think about words. So with that in mind, we're going to look at two main themes today. We're going to look at how our words, how what we um, speak out affect other people. So it's kind of the feeding. Um, and then we are going to look at how words affect us. So the ingesting, the eating. So the feeding and the eating. Firstly, looking at how our words affect other people. How are we feeding people? How do we feed people with the words that we speak? Well, Proverbs 18. Oh, I never read out all of the Proverbs. Hmm, I think I'll skip that now. I think we're past it. I didn't read them, did I? No. That's weird. Um, that's what happens the third sermon in. I have m so much respect for everyone who does this like four times in a row. Um, but anyway, I will reference them throughout, so don't worry. Um, so one of the Proverbs, um, actually, I, I'm going to read them out because I think it's helpful. We're going to go back. Um, do you mind, Nate, the slide with the Proverbs? These are the Proverbs that um, reference um, food. So. I didn't read them, did I? No. Um, the words of a gossip, oh dear, are like a choice, the words of a gossip are like a choice morsel. They go down to a man's innermost parts. From the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. With the harvest from his lips, he's satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. From the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things. And lastly, gracious words are honeycomb. 
So the picking up on um, thinking about how we feed people then with our words, um, that Proverbs 18 said that the tongue has the power of life and of death. So with your words, you have the ability to either feed the people around you life or to basically feed them poison, to feed them death. So let's think firstly about feeding people life about the positive. Well, we can literally feed people life. We can literally speak words of life. I mean, God did it in Genesis. Um, He created the cosmos and the world and everything in it through words. He said, let there be light, and there was light. Let there be water, there was water. Um, And though we can't quite do that, um, we can actually create life with our words. I was thinking about my work and... um, how uh, I've seen lots of new programs and projects started in the refugee charity that I work for throughout the years that I've been there and how that has never happened because someone sat in a room with their laptop and came up with some idea and then went about executing it and started a new program. New um, life within our organization has always started because someone sat in a room with someone else and said and verbalized I have um, a vision of what I want to see happen. I have this dream and I can just, this is what I see and this is how I would love to reach new young people that we work with. And, and through that, I've seen so many new programs started, um, programs that wouldn't have existed otherwise and young people reached who we wouldn't have reached otherwise, all because someone spoke out words of new life, of newness, of creativity. And... Um, Yes, so we can actually speak words of life. <clears throat> the second area that we can feed people words of life is by speaking out healing and feeding people healing. Proverbs says the tongue of the wise brings healing or pleasant worms, words are a honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Now Jesus um, brought about physical healing with just words. So he would say to people, um, to someone who was lame, get off your mat and walk. And a lame man was able to walk at the sound of his words. Or he said to dead Lazarus, Lazarus, come forth. And in that moment, Lazarus is raised from the dead and is living again. Um, And Actually, we have the same power with our words to bring about physical healing too. And I know there's probably um, lots of us in this room who've witnessed that um, when we see someone sick, we're able, the Holy Spirit gives us power to say um, over that person, with their permission, of course, um, in the name of Jesus and by his power, I command sickness to go and that you be well. And some of us have seen sickness leave someone's body or our own bodies at the, at the words of life that someone feeds into us. And healing can also be emotional. So um, I remember... Um, When I was uh, in labor with Maddie, a few things didn't happen that would have been really helpful um, and uh, made it a slightly better (laughs) experience, and they didn't happen. And so things didn't go quite right, and I had a a hard time after the birth because it had been such a a difficult labor. And I went in to kind of debrief with a senior midwife, so they enable you to come in and they go through all the notes that they made through your labor. So I did that and she went through my notes with me and then she looked at me and she said, 
Hannah, I'm really sorry that you had the experience you had um, through your labor. I'm just really sorry on behalf of the hospital. And when she said those simple words, um, she fed me a word of healing. And at her words, I just um, released a load of emotion I'd been carrying from that experience. And um, with simple words, we can bring emotional healing to people. And that is amazing. Um, another, a third way, the last way we speak life um, to people, we feed words of life, is through encouragement. This is amazing too. When you speak encouragement over someone, when you feed someone words of life through encouragement, what you are doing is you are seeing something good in someone, you're verbalizing it, and when you do that, you're actually strengthening that thing in them. So let me give you another example from my own life. Um, when I was younger, we moved around different European countries every few years. And my sisters and I, every time we moved, we went to local schools and we always had to learn a new language. And um, when we started school, because we went to local schools, as I mentioned. Um, sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm starting to, um, yeah, go a bit crazy. Um, bear with me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Um, and um, so I was working really hard. We'd recently moved to Italy. I was about eight years old. And I remember my teacher one day in front of the whole class, she pointed me out. I'd obviously done something well that she was praising, but she said to me, Hannah Repko, which was my name at the time, she said, Hannah Repko, you are a hard worker. And I just remember in that moment being so filled with pride of, over myself and feeling like, well, yes, I am a hard worker. And like to this day, I carry that. What, whatever she fed me in that moment, I carry it. I know that I can work really hard. And if I am presented with something difficult or a lot of work, I know I can get through it. I get it done. I can just work hard. And I honestly think it's because the teacher, when I was eight years old, took five seconds of her time to look at me and to speak what she saw in me that was good. And what it did is it strengthened that in me. And the areas that have been spoken over me that were um, uh, criticized, um, those are the areas I still struggle with to feel really good at. But the areas that someone has spoken, called it out of me and said, you're really good at this, Hannah, or um, this is a, an aspect of your character, your personality that I, that I love, those kind of things are the things that I find easiest to be confident about and to operate within confidently. So it's an amazing thing to speak words of encouragement. Our words have the power to feed life to people. And very lastly, just to mention on this encouragement, um, at Refugee Support Network, which is the charity I mentioned where I work, um, we have the amazing opportunity as staff to meet one-on-one -on -one with young refugees and asylum seekers, but we also run mentoring throughout all of London where we connect uh, volunteer mentors with a young recently arrived refugee or asylum seeker. And these are young people who've come to this country uh, with no parents, no family members often, and um, from places like like Syria or Iraq or Eritrea, and they're here on their own. And you can imagine some of the things that they hear spoken over them, right? I mean, we're all aware of what some people think of refugees. And, um, and actually, I, I truly believe, and I think many of us do, that refugees are human beings, precious, precious human beings that God has made. And they actually, I've met hundreds of people who've had the refugee experience, and they are some of the most obviously resilient, strong, 
um, people with amazing stories and things that they have lived through. They have so much to bring our communities and our society, and it's amazing to get the opportunity to tell them that we, what we see that is good in them and that they make our communities better by being who they are and bringing what they have to bring. So I just want to mention, if we love having mentors from Christchurch. We've um, had a, um, been supported by Christchurch in so many ways throughout the years, and one way is by having people who volunteer. So I just wanted to mention, if you were interested in becoming a mentor, please do email me or just visit our website. But um, it's probably easier to just email me, and I will connect you to the right person. Now, if our words have the power to do this, to, to give life, um, the proverb that we looked at just now, uh, our words have the power of life and death. They also have the power of death. And I don't want to belittle the truth of what that, what that statement means, that truly in our, our, our words are so powerful and truly can bring um, devastating, have devastating effects when we feed um, people words that come from a place of bitterness or hatred or jealousy or judgment. Proverbs says that a rash, rash words are like sword thrusts. A harsh word stirs up anger in people. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Just like when you encourage someone and you call out something good in them, so you can do the opposite. And when you see a weakness in someone and out of a place of um, a negative place of hatred or bitterness or anger or fear, when you speak that out of them, you say, you are X, Y, and Z, that is negative. You're actually reinforcing that negative quality, that weakness in them. It is a serious thing that has um, long-lasting consequences for those who receive those words. Now, how do words, we've looked at how our words affect others. How do um, words affect us? Well, I don't know about you, but if I think about how words affect me, I'm always thinking often um, about external words, words that come from other people, things I read, things I watch. But actually, going back to the picture of words as food, let's go to one of those proverbs. From the fruit, from the fruit of his mouth, a man's stomach is filled. With the harvest from his lips, he's satisfied. In other words, the words that you speak, you also eat. The words that come out of your mouth, you're also at the same time ingesting them into yourself. So you know the saying, you are what you eat. Well, you also are what you speak. Now, of course, our words come from a place within us. Um, there's a verse in the Bible that says in Matthew, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So of course, they come from somewhere within us. But just imagine this, when you are speaking, if you're speaking words from a place of bitterness or hatred or anger, when you speak those words out, you're giving yourself a double dose of that anger or that hurt or jealousy. So can we have the picture of, um, yes, there we go. That's what's happening when we speak out um, negative words. <laughs> I found it really hard to find a picture um, that of food that's bad for you that looked gross because most food that's bad for you looks amazing. <laughs> but um, I thought like mixing burgers and cake and curly fries and pizza all at the same time was disgusting. So let's have that as our image. When we speak out words, um, 
that are negative and hateful, we are basically ingesting stuff that is not just bad for the person we're speaking to or about, but we're also putting that stuff into our bodies. We're swallowing the tooth in the little bar. It's disgusting. We don't want it. Um, but equally, when you speak out words of life, words of healing and encouragement and hope and faith, can we have the next slide, please? Um, we are, we <laughs> it was also really hard to find food that's good for you that looked appetizing, unfortunately. That's just really annoying that it's that way, isn't it? But raw fish and nuts. Anyway, it's good for us. And when we eat that stuff, we know it's good for us, right? And we feel good. We feel strong. We feel clear-headed. And when we speak words of life, we are eating words that nourish our bodies, that give us life and give us faith and give us hope. So when you speak out a word of life, just imagine that you are doing good to a person. You're also doing so much good to yourself. Now, um, our words affect us, as we've just seen. We're taking a double dose of whatever we speak out. But also, uh, of course, other people's words affect us. We are eating what we hear. We are ingesting what we read. It is going into us. It is, again, not information that you are processing and it doesn't have much effect. It absolutely does. The Bible is telling us it goes into your body, into every fiber of your being, and it affects you. It affects um, how you think, how you feel. Um, it affects you spiritually. I think this is so important to talk about in our time. We are absolutely bombarded with words, um, basically through the internet. So um, social media, blogs, the news on the internet, all of these things mean that we are day in, day out, absolutely bombarded with words, some of which are filled with anger, with fear, with judgment, with hatred, with bitterness. And we are kidding ourselves if we think that we can read stuff, fill our minds with Twitter for hours on end, and not be um, kind of uh, foundationally, that's not the word, but um, affected at our foundation by the stuff that we are allowing ourselves to basically feast on. Those words that you are reading, the words that we expose ourselves to, the movies that we choose to watch are going in and are changing who we are. And of course, we've already talked about this a bit, but words that are then also spoken over us, words that call out our weaknesses, that define us in ways that are negative, those words too go in and change us. Many of us in this room, myself included, have had words spoken over us that, are, um, that are, have the power of death in them, that put to death things in our hearts, in our minds, that have left us changed as a result. We've talked about a lot of great things about words, but we also talked about how our words can sow the power of death in people and how the power of death might have been affected us through the words that others have spoken over us. Well, there is such great news for all of us. Um, and this is the last bit of um, where we're going today. We're gonna talk about, um, the Bible um, talks about one word, the word, 
which has power over every other word and has the power over life and death. So there is one word that we can eat and that we can feed, which has power over the word of anybody else. And that is the word of God. When Jesus was hungry one day, his disciples said, aren't you hungry? Why don't you want to eat? And he said, I have food that you know nothing about. And of course, we know what he's talking about. He's talking about feasting on the words of God. He said also, which we quoted earlier, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And you know what is amazing is that right before Jesus was crucified, he took some bread and he gave it to his followers and he said, here I am. I am the word of God incarnate. I am the word of God made flesh. And here is some bread. And just like it's written all throughout the scriptures, all throughout Proverbs, eat the words. So take me, take this that represents my flesh and eat this bread. Eat of me. Feast on me. And what the reason he was telling us to feast on him that night before he was died was to remember what was about to happen. And what was about to happen was that the word of life itself, himself, died. The word of life himself was put to death and buried voluntarily so that the power of death, the power of death that has been spoken over us, the power of death that we have spoken over others would be broken forever when the word of life laid himself down. The power of death is broken forever. That means that any word of death that was spoken over you and has tried to um, lay claim on who you are, on your identity, the power of that word can be broken in the name of Jesus. And any word you have spoken, if you've sat here, and I know I have, and you hear the power that our words have, and we think of words we have spoken over others that have um, potentially, potentially really damaged people, because of the word of life dying and the power of death being broken, we are forgiven for every careless word that we've spoken. It doesn't mean we don't take it incredibly seriously to use our words well, but when we are truly filled with the word of life with Jesus, when we take him in, when we eat him, it becomes more and more difficult to speak words of death because the word of life is alive inside us. And when it comes into us, when we choose to feast on Jesus, to spend time with him, to absorb ourselves in him, to let him, we say to him, like I say to Maddie, I just want to eat you up. I love everything about you, Jesus. Nothing about you repels me. Everything about you I want in every fiber of my being, in every single part of me. When we get to that place with him, he comes in and he pushes out the parts of our hearts that speak words of death. And he also pushes out any um, power that words of death over, uh, that have been spoken over us. And we become truly people who can wield the power of life with our words. 
Now we're going to finish in a moment, but just to finish with um, Jesus's words, um, after he died and been resurrected, he was hanging out with his followers, and he said to Simon Peter, if you love me, over and over he said it, if you love me, feed my sheep. He tells us, feed, feed people, feed my sheep. What does he want us to feed the world with? with the word of life, with the word of God, with the, the bread of life, with Jesus himself. He commands us, he, he implores us, feed my sheep of myself. So as we go into this week of prayer, maybe we can reflect on that. Jesus, hear Jesus' words to you. Feed on me, this is my flesh, take it, eat it, feast on who I am, and then feed my sheep. And maybe the band could come back up. Um, as I was preparing this talk, I also felt um, that uh, it could be really exciting for us as a church. I felt that maybe um, that God thought it could be exciting if um, in the next week, as we are taking the week to pray, we could um, try actually fasting food so that we could feast on God. Fasting is a practice right throughout the Bible. It's incredibly powerful. There is so much meaning and depth to it, which we don't have time to go into now. But one of the things we can do when we're fasting is make a declaration that, yes, I don't live on bread alone. I live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. I want to feast on true bread of life. I want to feast on Jesus. He is more important than even physical food for my body. So maybe it could be just one meal, maybe a dinner, come home from work and decide, uh, or uni and decide, I'm going to just spend this evening, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fast food and I'm going to feast on God. I think it could be so powerful for our church if um, um, lots of us chose to do that over the next week. And of course, if it sounds weird and horrible, which I understand it can sound a bit like not eating isn't fun sometimes, but when you spend time with God, it is amazing, and um, I really encourage you to consider doing it if that resonates with you. Uh, why don't we stand, and um, I'll pray for us before we sing. We're going to sing about the name of Jesus and the power that his name has. And I want to pray right now that as we sing the name of Jesus, that his spirit would fill us. That we would truly be able to feast on his name. And that he would come in and encourage you. I pray, God, you would bring encouragement right across this room. Encouragement that you push out the power of death in us. And encouragement that you use us to wield words which have the, the power of life. And I speak over you the power of life in your words. You are called to speak words of life to the world. You are equipped and anointed to speak the name of Jesus with power and authority and love and wisdom. Just pray, come Holy Spirit as we worship. Come and fill us, come and equip us. Amen.